Now, we've been in a series called The Story, not just any story, but the story of redemption, the story of God sending his son into the world. That's the greatest story. There's none greater. We talked about his wonderful promises that he gave us. We've talked about the prophecies and the predictions of Messiah. But today I want to talk about something that's going to be very practical for every single one of us. I've titled the series, of course, is the story. The message title in this, in this particular message is this, the people of the Messiah. Did you hear that? The people of the Messiah. What I want to talk about today is, listen, the characters involved in the Christmas story, the people that were involved in the drama of Christ coming into the world. That's what we're going to look at today. But I'm going to look at a, a, a text of scripture actually not connected with the Christmas story, but you'll see in just a moment how it's going to lead us right in to the story. The text that I want to look at is 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11. This will be on the screen for your help. If you have a Bible there, you can certainly, you can certainly go there. I have my Bible in hand. I actually have it in my notes here, but I love the Word of God. Don't you love the Word of God? Trinity Life Church is a church that's going to be centered in this book right? Everything we do. We teach on Wednesday. You need to be here. I told you, I need 100% participation. We teach the Word of God on Wednesday night. Where are you? You say, well, I work 100 miles away. Well, I understand that. You can't get here. I got that. You need to be here. The Word of God's being opened in your church. We have prayer meetings in the church. Where are you, church? 100% to participation, all right? Everybody needs to be involved in what the Lord's doing. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. Here's how it reads. As each one, say each one with me, please. Each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Man, you know what a manifold is, coming out of an engine. The many-faceted grace of God. If anyone speaks, that's what I'm doing today. I'm speaking. I'm using the gift God gave. If anyone speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. Let him speak the very words of God. If anyone ministers that serve, serve, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom who belong the glory and the honor, or glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he says, if you speak or if you have practical service or speaking gifts, do it with the ability and the anointing and the power which God gives that he may get all the glory. Trinity Life Church is going to be a church like that that gives God all the glory. Now, let me read this out of the New American Standard, which, by the way, is a very great translation. Here's what it says. As each one has received a special gift, employ it. Think about that. Employ it. There is too much in unemployment in the, in the kingdom of God. There are too many positions that are open to the kingdom of God, and, and there's people that are not going to their job. You have a job to do. You hear this, sure? Are you with me here? You have a job to do at Trinity Life Church. You have a calling. You have a gift. You have an anointing because here's, here's the reason why. The highest honor a person can receive is the honor of being used by him in some capacity. That's the highest honor. The highest honor a human being could have is to be used by God for his glory and honor in some capacity. I thought about this little hymn. Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work for me to do. Even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. Though the cross, C-R-O-S-S, though the cross be great, I'll work for thee. Jesus, think about it, young and old alike. Jesus, use me. 
Don't refuse me. There's something I can do. Why? He told me I've got a gift. At salvation, you've got a gift. At salvation, you've got something the Holy Spirit deposited within you, and you are supposed to be working for God. You have a place in this church. Now think about this. Here's, here's what we're going to learn today, and that's this. Here's a statement I don't want you to forget, and that's this. God uses all kinds of people and things, and he wants to use you and me. Can you say that with me? God uses all kinds of people and things, and he wants to use you and me. Could you, could you say that to your neighbor? Come on, say this. God uses all kinds of people and things. Come on, point it. And he wants to use you and me. Now, that's what we're going to learn today. In Scripture, I see this. God uses men and women. God uses the young and the old. God uses the rich and the poor. He uses the well-known. He uses the unknown. He uses the educated. He's used the uneducated. He uses the natural things, but he also uses supernatural things. God has created everything to have a certain purpose in his design. God has created everything to bring glory and honor to his name. I was riding down the road the other day, and I was just worshiping the Lord. No music, just worshiping the Lord, praying, praying in the Spirit, worshiping the Lord. And it's like the Lord spoke in my heart and said, if you don't do this, who will? And I knew exactly what he meant. If we as the church don't praise him, who will? The lost world won't. There's a lot of dishonor coming to God. If we don't build a church here, you think the devil's going to build it? You think Walmart's going to build it? Yeah, Walmart would love to have this. Some business would love to have this. Some, some devil would love to have this. Not, not that they're dead. I'm just saying, some, no, Walmart's not the devil. We go shop there. Amen. I bought some Christmas lights there, by the way. Sorry, Sam. You know. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Walton. But uh, what I'm saying is, wouldn't the, wouldn't the enemy love to put some, some immoral kind of bar in this place? No! No, in Jesus' name. No, a thousand times no. We were, this place was created for the glory of God. We want this. Brother Scott had a dream. Was it a dream? He had a dream. Now, now if I'm wrong, I don't want to mis, misquote you. But I've quoted this several times, so I hope I'm right here. Because I'm, I'm quoting you, brother. You're pretty famous if I'm quoting you, man. Usually I quote, usually I quote all the dead theologians. I'm quoting Scott. But God uses all kinds of people and things, and God wants to use you and me, brother. Come on. Brother Scott had a dream, and he saw water, a river flowing off this property, filling Beltline Road. It was bringing soothing the lost, bringing healing to the broken. He saw that. Is that right? Is that what you saw in a nutshell? That's what he saw. I'm telling you, God's speaking to you. He's speaking to people like Scott. He's speaking to other people. He's speaking to us, and he's saying to us, I want to do a work in this place. If we don't do it, who will? If we don't give, who will? If we don't reduce that debt, who will? If we don't put a building here, who will? It's time. It's our time. It's our time. We need faith to trust God, trust him. In our world today, most of what's happening is robbing him of glory. Romans, and I'll read verse 21. Even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God, nor give thanks to him. But there's coming a day. Come on, there's coming a day. There's coming a day when every living thing is going to praise him. When the Lord spoke to my heart the other day, and it was just very gentle, but I knew what the Lord said to me. I was just praising. I was worshiping. Thank you, Lord. I was praying in the Spirit. And the Lord just spoke to me. If you don't do it, who will? 
If you don't praise me, who will? And I looked at all the cars around me, hundreds of cars, and I thought, how many people in those cars are praising him? Probably very, very few are even praising his name. Why? Because praising the Lord's not in vogue. We live in a sinful world. We live in a world that sin is popular, righteousness is unpopular, but I want to count for him. I want to be on this property and count for him. I'm not ashamed of his gospel. I'm not ashamed of his name. I'm not ashamed of his plan, his purposes, his will. I'm not ashamed of the cross. I'm not ashamed of him, and he's not ashamed of us. We're going to praise him. We're going to praise him. We're going to build the church with his grace and help. Listen to this prophecy. Revelation says, and then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the th- around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the numbers of thousands of thousands. I know that says the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying, notice, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now, now here it is, verse 13, and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea and all that, all that is in them. I heard them saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever. Everything's going to, the oak trees are going to praise him. The aspens are going to praise him. When we were out in California, we saw the redwoods. They're going to praise him. The grasshoppers are going to praise him. But let me tell you, most of all, the blood bought, redeemed of the the people of God are going to praise him because Jesus died for us. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why Jesus came. Because we were sinners and we needed a Savior. Now think about this. Quickly. Just a moment. The kids are going to come. Just give me a second here. When you watch a movie, at the end of the movie, if you get that far, the credits go at the end. And as you see those credits rolling, what it tells you, who the main characters were. Who the main actors were. It tells you who the production assistant were, who did the color, who did the filming, where they, you know, all the information about the story. But you know that our great story, the story of God, the father sending his son into the world. Also, I want to give some, I want to, I want to look at the characters of the story. We're going to roll the credits this morning and we're going to talk about this, the characters of Christmas. Now, remember this, God uses all kinds of people and things. And he wants to use you and me. Now, I need some kids to come help me. Would you kids come on up here? These kids back here, would y'all come and help me? I'm going to put some things on the screen here. And we're going we're gonna to look at these Christmas stories. If y'all want to just, you're going to have to sit there because I'm going to put some things on the screen for you. Could we do that? Come on. All right, kids, I'm going to need your help here, okay? I'm going to need your help. Boss, you going to come? Incoming, okay. You're a little tender this morning. Okay, we're good. Sometimes we get a little tender. All right, kids, we're going to talk about the Christmas story this morning. We're going to talk about the characters. We're going to talk about the characters. You know what kind of characters? And what I mean is those who are involved in the Christmas story. Now, how many of you have ever watched a movie like a Disney movie? All right, you watch a Disney movie, and the characters are like, what, Ariel or Peter Pan or... I can't remember. What's another one? Woody. Woody. There we go, Woody. Woody's made a lot of movies. He's a famous guy. Who? Cinderella. That's right. Who else? 
Who is it? Oh, McQueen, the, the cars deal. Lightning McQueen. Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Mickey Mouse. Mickey, hey, come on. Give, give it up for Mickey. Come on. Amen. Okay. But, you know, those are, those are stories. But, you know, the greatest story is what story? It's the story of Jesus and God sending his son. So here's, here's some characters. The first one is going to be real quick here, but it's the main character. You know who the main character of our story is? Look at this. Put this up here. You know what that is? The Trinity. Say the Trinity. I know that's kind of the Trinity. Say this with me. God the Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's say that again. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, church, how many of you know he's the main character? No story without John 3.16. Say it with me. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So we have the Father as the main character. He's not only the character, the creator, the producer, and the director. Come on, amen. He's the creator of the world. He's the producer of it all. And he's the one leading us into redemption. And also the Father, in his great love, sent his Son. But the Son is the one who came. What did Jesus do? He died on the, he died on the cross. God planned the plan of redemption. And then Jesus came and he died on the cross because he paid for our sin. But there's also a third person of the Godhead, and his name is the Holy Spirit. We love the Holy Spirit, don't we? Don't we love the Holy Spirit? Oh, I wish I could take 30 minutes and just testify of how wonderful the Holy Spirit has been in our families. Let me tell you, mothers, fathers, grandfathers, grandmothers, you need to be much about leading your kids into the power and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Many, Listen, many kids grow up in church, but they're never filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and therefore they get out in their teen years and sin, they just drift away because there's no power. I mean, the Holy Spirit can keep us from sin. He gives us power. Okay, now here's, here's, okay, help me kids, are you with me? Okay, here's another character in the Christmas story. No order here, but I'm just, but look at this, let's see what this is here. Look at this next screen. Angels! Angels. Okay, were there angels in the Christmas story? Do you know what the angels did? I know they worshiped Jesus. They, absolutely, they worshiped Jesus. Got a, this is the pastor. He's going to be pastor when I'm gone. <laughs> okay, but let me tell you, I won't be gone until I'm about 110, so don't, don't be getting any ideas right now. Come on. So, uh, so angels worship Jesus. Do you remember what the angels did in the Christmas story? I know. Now what? Yeah, now what's that? I gotta, excuse me a second. I gotta get. I gotta. I wanna. You're, you're smart because of what? Oh, he hit him in the head. Sorry, brother. There's a little tussle going up here. Okay, I told you this wasn't scripted. I told you. <laughs> I'm winging this. If this is if this is terrible, blame my wife. <laughs> Come on, guys, help me here. Blame her. I don't know. So you're smart because of what? Because I'm in first grade. He's in first grade. I, hey, come on. Amen. All right. So kids, listen, and church family, listen. Here's what the, the angels showed up and announced to Zechariah. We'll talk about that in a second. Announced to Mary about the birth. But also the angels were very much a part of our story because they showed up in the fields in Bethlehem for the shepherds. And they announced what? That Jesus was born. And they began to declare glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. What are angels? Angels 
are God's, I would call them God's mighty servants. Supernatural. These are, these are supernatural. Here, here's, what, here's what Hebrews says. Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who are the heirs of salvation? We never pray to angels. We only pray to God the Father. But angels protect us at times, I believe, even when we don't, can't see it. Thank God for the mighty angels of God. Amen? May the angels just surround us with their protection and surround our precious children. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Here's, here's another character in the story. Look at this here. A donkey. A donkey. Now, t- say it. What is it? A donkey. Who rode on a donkey? Mary. Okay, now listen. Let me teach you something here. The Bible, don't mean to disappoint you kids. The Bible never says that Mary rode on a donkey. Somehow I knew this is the way it's going to be. <laughs> so, uh, okay. <laughs> I knew that was coming. That's why I said, sorry to disappoint you kids. Okay. <laughs> you know how you laugh at the wrong time? I'm kind of getting a little laughing spell here. So, <clears throat> so uh, but the Bible never says that Mary rode on a donkey. But why, why did they say that? Why is that so much in our tradition that even our little children just think that she rode on a donkey? Here's the reason why. Because it's very unlikely that a woman in nine months of pregnancy, almost ready to give birth, she, we were in Israel just here recently. I can tell you, she did not walk from Nazareth to Bethlehem. She did not walk those 90 miles. So she, she either rode a donkey, she either rode a horse, she rode a camel, probably not a camel, or a horse-drawn wagon or a donkey-drawn wagon. Somehow, well, my, my point in putting this up is these are the characters of the Christmas story. God the Father, divine. He's the divine one, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But also we have angels involved serving the Lord. Then we have these, this animal, some animal or some way Mary made it to there. And my point is this. My point is that the Lord can use anything. He uses people in many things, and he can use you and me. He used some kind of animal probably. There again, not in Scripture, but he used some kind of animal, probably a donkey, probably a camel, probably a horse. It was a little horse. Well, hey, it doesn't say, so his, his, his uh, idea is as good as mine, right? Because, because this, this right here, if, if something says if something says truth in here. We're going with it. But your idea is as good as my idea. My is good as your idea. So let's just go with that, buddy. Okay. Give me a high five. All right. It's a little pony, probably a donkey or something. Anyway. So you know what I'm saying? All right, kids. Here's, here's another. Now listen, are you with me? Here's, here's another character in our Christmas story. Here it is. Look at this. What's that? A star, a star. Oh, you did. Okay. Star where? Wait, at the, at manger. manger. Okay, children's church teachers, you're doing good. They know the stories. What is it? I'm a star. She's a star. <laughs> Smartest man in the world and a star. Okay, so okay, so listen. Okay, listen. The Bible says that God used a star to lead the wise men 
all the way to where the child was, where the Son of God was born there. Okay, all right. Now, now let's, let's get into this. All right, I want you to pay attention here. We won't go too long this morning, but I want you to see this. Now, say this with me. God uses all kinds of people and things. And he wants to use you and me. Think about all the people that he used in the Christmas story. Now, I'm going to put this one up. Who do you think this is right here? I know. Who is that? Oh. What did Strat say? You said, no, but what did you say, Strat? John the Baptist, mom and dad. What would their names be? Zechariah and? Nope. Okay, listen. Here's the scripture. Listen to this verse of scripture. All right. Okay, let's listen, kids. Here's what it says. Luke 1, 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will, will bear you a son, and will call his name John. All right, y'all sit down. Sit down. Look at this here. Zachariah and Elizabeth were part of the Christmas story, just in a nutshell. These are two godly people. God uses older people. Zachariah and Elizabeth were older. We would never know that they were praying. They've been praying for a son, a child, for years and years and years. Finally, Zachariah serving in the temple. And by the way, they didn't serve all year. Remember, they served a couple of weeks a year because there's different divisions. And here's Zachariah in the temple offering incense. And all of a sudden, the angel said, your prayer has been heard. And this, listen, this godly home was where John the Baptist, one of the greatest prophets the world has ever known, the Bible's very clear. They were godly, holy people. And that godly home produced a prophet of God that announced the birth of Jesus. God uses older people. Don't you ever say, well, I'm older. Well, I'll let the young people do it. No. Everyone has a part in the work of God. God uses older people. Now look at this. All right. Look at this one here. Who do you think... That's Mary and the angel. And then, uh, and then there's another one. Do you have Joseph? There, there, there's Mary and Joseph. So, so think about this. Think about this. God used this couple, a younger couple. Probably Joseph was a little older. But yet they were a younger couple, let's say. How many know God can use young people if they'll surrender to him? The angel Gabriel shows up and says, Mary, highly favored tells her that you're going to be the one who gives birth to Messiah. How can this be? I don't know a man. Said the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will come upon you. And that which is in you shall be the very Son of God. You shall call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sin. Mary, listen, Mary said, let it be according to your word. Now, listen, Zechariah doubted. When the angel said to him, you're going to, you and Elizabeth are going to, oh, how is this going to happen? He was doubting and the, and the angel said, well, you're going to be mute. <laughs> you're going to be mute until the day it happens. That tells me this. God not only uses all kinds of people, he uses imperfect people. Come on, right? He uses imperfect people, uses young people. Joseph was also, Joseph was also one used by God. Hear this. 
Joseph, everybody say Joseph. Joseph. Never says a word in the Bible. Okay, let's sit down. Oops, sorry, buddy. Sorry, stepped on his little hand. Sorry. He'll send him back injured. So, all right, sit down. Sit down, bud. Joseph. Let's go. Let's go to Mama. Joseph never says a thing in the Bible. Not a word. But every time we see Joseph, he's always obeying the Lord. Getting, getting a word to go to Egypt, he goes. Getting a word, Mary, don't, don't fear to marry Mary. He's always obeying the Lord. God can use obedient young people. Now look at this. Look at this here, kids. Who, who is this right here? I know Mary Joseph. Okay, but the next one. Look at this. Look at this next one. But who, who is the angel? Who are they talking to? They're talking to the shepherds. And they're the shepherds. Who are the shepherds? The shepherds were despised, really. They were despised. They were a lower class most, most of the time. See, God uses all kinds of people. God used these shepherds and announced to them. Let me read this. Now, now there was in the same country shepherds. Listen, kids. Living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. And there, were, and there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and, highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was then... When the angel has gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing, this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which, which was told them concerning the child. God used these shepherds. Look at this next one. There's a couple others, and then we'll, we'll be done. Now, that's... Okay, say this with me. Say this with me. Listen, listen. Say Simeon and say Anna. Simeon and Anna. Jesus was born, and they took him to the temple to be dedicated. We should dedicate our children to the Lord. And there was two people there. There was an old man named Simeon. And there was an older woman named Anna. And the Bible indicates that they were in the temple and they had served there for a long time. They were hoping for Messiah. Years had ticked off, years and years and years. But the Lord had spoken and revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. And when, when he came when Jesus was brought into the temple, there Simeon was, took the child up and said, now I, can, now I can go to heaven, so to speak, because you have filled your word, fulfilled your word. Now, I won't read all that. The natives are getting a little restless here, but we're good. Okay, we're good here. And then Anna prayed also, hello. All right. All right, we're almost done. Okay, listen. 
We'll wind this down here. Simeon and Anna represent prophecy and prayer. God uses, the, uh, 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 God uses godly prayer warriors. He uses people like, like Anna, the prophetess, to, to motivate us to hold on to the promises, to hold on to the word of God. Okay. All right, we're going to have these kids go back now as we wind this down. All right, kids, go back. Let's give them a hand. Come on. All right. <laughs> All right, very good. All right, parents, if you could kind of corral them. I want you to focus back in on here. We're going we're gonna to wind this down. Okay. Then there's one last group that I want to look at. What, look at this here. Kids, see that? What's that? Who are they? The wise men, that's right. All right, the wise men. Here's what we know about the wise men. They came seeking Jesus, and they came bringing gifts. Here's what the Word of God says. And when, when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. These are the wise men. Notice this. And when, when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, then being divinely warned in a dream, that they should not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. Think about this. God uses all kinds of people and things, and he wants to use you and me. God uses people who are willing to put their strength into serving him. The Bible tells us that we're to love him with all of our strength. These wise men, whoever they were, magi, they gave gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There was a very practical purpose in this because Herod was going to try to destroy the Christ child. And these funds enabled Jesus and Mary and Joseph to, to go to Egypt and probably be supplied there all the time until they came back into Israel. The prophecy talked about the Messiah coming out of Egypt. That's fulfilled that. You know what? God uses givers. God uses people that give. What, what if Jesus, because contrary to our prosperity gospel that we have in our country, Mary and Joseph were poor. I know these guys try to tweak all this stuff in the Bible to modernize. They were poor. When they went to offer for the, for the dedication of Jesus, they gave the least offering that was required for poor. They gave a dove, a bird. Why? Because they couldn't afford a lamb. They were poor. What, what if these magi had not given this gold, gold, frankincense, myrrh, what if they had not given that? And Jesus couldn't have escaped, etc. God would have done it another way, but it's in the story for a reason. It's there. Now think about this. It took a lot of time and effort for the wise men to seek Jesus. But they sought him and they found him. Jeremiah says, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all of your heart. As we wind this down and we're going to pray, I'm going I'm to give you some practical lessons. Because this is all about the Christmas characters and those whom God used in the story of bringing his son to redeem the world. Here's the question. Who does God use? Who does God use? 
God uses people that are like Mary who are willing to be used. Let it be as, you're, as, this, you're, as you have said. She yielded her body. You know, we're to yield our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit, yielding ourselves for his honor and for his glory. God uses willing people. Who does God use? He use, uses trusting people like Joseph. Joseph trusted and obeyed the Lord when it didn't make any sense. No sense at all. Well, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I bet. That's crazy in our natural way of thinking. But it's true because we serve a God that supernaturally brought his pure son into the world. And Joseph said, I'll trust you when I don't understand. God uses faith. God uses people that will just trust him when he commands. Who does God use? God uses faithful people like Zechariah and Elizabeth who were older, but yet they, Zechariah faithfully served as a priest. Now think about this. As he faithfully did what he was called to do, God gave him a greater assignment. Oh, I want to do something great for the Lord. Well, why don't you just hand out these bulletins first? Oh, wait a second. That's below my dignity. No, no. Servanthood is greatness in God's kingdom. I want to do something great for the Lord. Could you clean the church building? Oh, no. Well, no. I was wanting to be a flaming evangelist worldwide. Oh, I want to do something for the Lord. Would you come help us? Would you help Frank get the blocks out of the, of the thing and bring them over here? Oh, well, no, that's not spiritual. Oh, you don't kid yourself. That's highly spiritual. That's highly spiritual. Why? The greatest one among you will be your servant. Oh, let us, let our kids that are here today, let us see us serving the church and helping with the blocks and cleaning the church and coming early to prayer, etc. Why? Because it's going to impact these babies. It's going to build strong Christians, faithful people. God uses who? God uses unlikely people like the shepherds. You would have never in that day, you would have never said, oh yeah, God's going to use those guys. But look at them. They got in the story. Why? Because they responded to the, to the message. And they went and they saw Jesus. And then they spread the news. God will use people that you'll never even dream that he would use. It's usually that way, isn't it? Who does God use? God uses diligent people like the wise men. How far do they have to come to find Jesus? 500 miles. They were Persian. Came from the area of Iran today. Think about that. 500 miles. They didn't make that in a day, friend. Rode a little while, made a campsite, probably had to hunt and find some food. But they kept saying, why? Because they wanted to find the king. Do you know... If you want to find him, you can find him. You can find him. You say, I prayed, I didn't feel anything. Well, what'd you pray? Two minutes, pray again. Pray again. Seek him. Be an intercessor. Keep on, keeping on. Be diligent. Be diligent. And you know what? You'll find him. God uses diligent people. It, it's sad how little effort most people say, uh, extend in serving the Lord. It's very sad at how much effort's put in in our modern day. Let's seek him as we should with all of our might. Lastly, I would say this. God uses hope-filled people like Simeon and Anna. They would not let go of the promises of God. These older people, I mean, these people, when the Bible says somebody's old, that means they're old, old. Here's Anna and Simeon, a type of an intercessor and a prophetess, it says. And here they are holding on to the promises. 
Let me tell you, when Jesus came, it was a dark time in Israel. They weren't in, they, you know, they'd had a little revival under John the Baptist. Certainly God was moving to bring Christ in the world. But they were holding on during dark times. And I believe that old Anna was prophesying, said, listen, God's given us his promises. Don't give up. Dark days, Christ is coming. Christ is coming to bring redemption to us. She was a prophetess. She spoke the word of God. Thank God for the prophetesses in the church. And then there's, and then there's Simeon's, who, are, who is really a type of an intercessor. They just keep praying. They keep believing. They keep touching heaven. They keep believing, praying, and they'll see the promises of God. God uses all kinds of people and things, and he wants to use you and me. He used stars, and he used animals, and he used people, and he used natural beings and supernatural beings, and Jesus came into the world. He died for our sins, and he's alive today out of the tomb. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. What a great God we serve. I want